couple months ago, I gave a homily on prophecy, <clears throat> roughly a couple months ago. One of the things I quoted in there was St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who was one of the great saints of the church. St. Bernard said about prophecy, <clears throat> God does not give people prophecy or show them things about the future or tell them things about the future so that they'll know about the future. Rather, the reason why prophecy is given is to validate the prophet, is to get people to believe in the prophet. And then once believing in the prophet, then some good might come from it. So I'll give you an example. If I was to say that America and China will get no war over Taiwan in 2025, let's say, I'll be more specific. Let's say September 2025, we'll get in a war with China over Taiwan. Be a big war, there will even be some nuclear weapons used. It'd scare everybody. It'd scare everybody. Some people would be mad at me for even saying it, that kind of thing. But then we'd kind of wait for September 2025. What wouldn't happen is that none of us would change any of our behavior. That, that that's just, it doesn't happen. When we hear about future events, people just don't change their behavior. Then we wait till September 25. When September 2025 comes and there is a war, and it is just as I said, then everyone goes, wow, that Father Nathan was right. And since he was right about that, maybe he's right about a lot of other things that he says, etc. And, and maybe I should really pay attention to him. And maybe there's a lot of validity with the way he lives his life. I mean, after all, he got this China war thing right. That's the point of prophecy. Prophecy validates the one who had made the prophecy and then makes us look at the one and what they were saying about other things, and then we begin to change accordingly. But the change doesn't happen before the scheduled event. So, in our gospel today, Jesus is showing up in front of the twelve apostles, and he's saying to them, guys, remember what I told you? He says, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and psalms must be fulfilled. Take the Old Testament. One third of it is prophecy. And a lot of that's about me, the Messiah. I am everything I said I was. See, look, it said that I'd have to suffer. I'd die. I'd rise from the dead. I was born of a virgin. Da, da, da. It's all me. See, it all happened. You can believe in me. And they do. They do. We believe in you. We believe in you. And therefore, we're going to change our life. We're going to change your life. The prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus. So this is one of the reasons why Jesus is appearing to his disciples, is to strengthen their faith in him. There's a second reason, though. I'm sure there's more than that. But there's a second reason that I want to get to. And it's this. Jesus, his presence amongst the apostles, his appearance to them, strengthens them for their own ministry. Think of parents. So I think of parents always have regrets, right? So here's a great regret you don't want to have, parents, if you still have young children, is you want to help them with their schoolwork. I know it's a drag, but you want to help them with their schoolwork. So, you know, my my parents, God love them, they came out of the 1930s. They were a product of their generation. They believed it was the school's responsibility to educate me. So, you know, I learned my alphabet in kindergarten. I started to learn to read in first grade. I, I didn't really learn my alphabet until first grade. I remember that. It was in first grade. I was like, I get it. There's this A to Z thing. And I, I remember I didn't learn the days of the week and or the day. I didn't learn the months until I was in third grade. And I knew I was like, this is bad. I should know the months, and I don't know the months. And my younger brother already knew them, and I was like, I'm in trouble. I'm something's wrong with me. 
But if you as a parent were to help your children with their schoolwork, help them to learn to read and write and to do math and all of that, then your children would be better at it, wouldn't they? And as they get older, not only are they more confident because of their academics, but as adults, they're going to perform better than if you had never helped them with any of their schoolwork. That's just a fact. And it's the same thing with parents who spend time with their children. Not just, you know, the TV set's on there, problem solved. But no, TV set's off and we're going to go outside and we're going to play catch. Or we're going to kick the soccer ball around. We're going to go to a park today or we're going to go on a hike. Uh, we're going to go to the beach or whatever. Or I don't know what we're going to do. But we're going to do something together, parents, etc. And what that does is it strengthens the bond between the child and the parent. Um, and it does other good things for the child that will have lifelong good things. Lifelong good things will come from it. As to the parents that never play catch or never go and do functions with their children, etc., they're just missing out on the, on the one and only golden opportunity of your child's life that you're not going to get a second chance on. And the child's going to be weaker for it. But what if we did something with them every week? And again, not a TV or video game thing, not screen time. They're already getting way more of that than, than is healthy. Something, you know, board game, table game that's raining outside, great day to play table game kind of thing. That strengthens the child. And Jesus is doing the same thing with his apostles. He's showing up amongst them and he's, he's saying, listen guys, I know that you guys abandoned me in the Garden of, of Gethsemane. They came to arrest me. You all abandoned me. Peter, you said you didn't even know me, etc. You guys are scared right now. You're afraid I'm going to punish you for what you've done. I'm not. The first words out of his mouth are, peace be with you. All right, guys, I'm not going to punish you for your failures. I'm here to help you. I'm here to strengthen you. Jesus does this also, too, at the transfiguration. He takes Peter, James, and John, takes them up the mountain, and then he transfigures himself with Moses and Elijah, and they see him, and they're like, ah, they're bowed to the ground, and like face down, looking up, oh, this is scary. He does that two weeks before he's crucified. He wants to strengthen them for what's coming. Later on, just a few weeks after this gospel passage, Jesus is going to be with uh, Peter out on the Sea of Galilee and some of the other apostles. And he's going to say to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter say, yes. He's going to ask him three times. And each time he's going to say, then feed my lambs. Strengthen your brothers. Be for them what I've been for you. So this gets to this next part. What does Jesus' resurrection from the dead mean for us? Well, it means that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's the Messiah, that he's God. And therefore, we can have faith in him, and we need to emulate his life and follow him and do what he tells us to do. But the other part of it is, why does Jesus show up to spend time with his disciples? And the answer is to strengthen them. And that's our job, too. It's our job to help others with their faith, to believe in Jesus, and to strengthen them in their own faith, to give them encouragement, to give them words, to give them resources, and to keep being there for them 
And sometimes it even means instructing and admonishing. It means that too. But to be there and to recognize that responsibility or that example that Jesus set for us, that he would be there for us, then we know we need to be there for someone else. So Easter and the resurrection isn't just about me getting to go to heaven now. It's about me taking on the responsibility that Jesus had, that he took on willingly himself, and the responsibility that the apostles would take on to get other people to heaven too. And so today, Jesus is continuing to appear to his disciples for these two reasons. Prophecy. I am who I said I am. You can have faith in me. Number two, I'm going to strengthen you. Now you go and give other people faith, and you strengthen them in the faith that they have in me. And together, as Jesus says about the whole nations, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. These people didn't even know China existed. There are things way beyond our life that we can either choose to participate in now or lose our one chance ever of doing so. If we should get to heaven, if that's the choice we're going to make through the way we live our life now, then we'll be happy forever. But we'll never get to sacrifice again because that involves suffering and there's no suffering in heaven. We can make some sacrifices now while we still have a chance, just like parents with small kids. Make sacrifices now to strengthen the faith of our people. Because once we die, we can't make any more sacrifices. So make those sacrifices for yourself to strengthen your own faith and to strengthen the faith of other people. Your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your siblings, co-workers, people in the church, etc., And to see as Jesus has waded into your life to strengthen your faith in him. See our own responsibility or response to that. To wade into the lives of others. To strengthen their faith too.